Good morning, friends. You may be seated. So today uh, is going to look somewhat um, different than a Sunday morning uh, where we typically will sing together and then we'll teach uh, God's Word together. Uh, But over the course of the last uh, really 14 weeks, we've been walking through a series through the book of James. And the subtitle of our series was James of Faith That Works. And really the implication of James, which was the brother of Jesus, as he wrote this section of scripture that was not only penned but inspired by God for us, uh, was to practically apply the scriptures in our life, to make our lives a working faith. And one of the things that we thought about just this conclusion of this series to make it a working faith was to help us not merely be sitting and listening, but to be actively engaged with what God wants to do in our life. And so as a result of that, we thought it'd be best if we spent our last week on the book of James reflecting on what we've learned, praying through the passages of scripture that uh, really have meant a lot to us as leaders, worshiping, and then also ending with communion and the Lord's Supper. And so today, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an opportunity for us to put our faith in action. Which means if you're here for the very first time, um, you probably came expecting uh, this idea that, hey, somebody's going to teach you something or you're going to sit and listen, uh, which is going to be a little different than maybe what you would have thought or if you'd been visiting our website, maybe you've checked it out and thought, okay, this is what the Sunday is going to look like. It's not going to look like that. And for those of us that are a part of this faith family, I think this is an opportunity for us to allow God to really chasten us, um, to really move us and spur us on towards more, to faith, uh, to love and good deeds. Um, Today is going to be a great opportunity for us to pray for one another, and we're going to have opportunities to do that throughout the morning. And so really, if you're here, uh, we believe that God purposed it and designed it. Because every single one of us probably has a need of some kind. Uh, probably every single one of us uh, is entering into a new season of something around the corner in which we need God's wisdom and his help. And so what a great opportunity today um, to use this time to have an active and a working faith. And so today we pray that the Lord will lead us with his spirit and enable us to have a morning that looks quite different than what we're used to but in some ways more meaningful than anything we've experienced in quite some time. And so we look forward to it. Uh, If you are a first-time guest here, uh, we would love to meet you in the lobby. I'll be there at the end of our service. We'd love to put a face with a name, be able to shake your hand, potentially pray for you. Uh, We'd love to meet you. And so please don't slip out uh, because we we still want to be able to have some time to to visit with you. Um, The very first chapter in James James says something um, about not merely being hears the word and so deceiving ourselves, but to do what the word says. And as a result of that, I want to put that scripture up and just remind you real quickly of what this scripture means. And then I want to give you a handful of prayer prompts this morning just to begin our time together. And so this is what James says in James chapter 1 in verse 22 through 25. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then he says, deceiving yourself, which means, hey, if you only hear the word 
and you never do anything with it, then you've just deceived yourself. The idea is, is that you have to have a participatory faith. There has to be something active in our faith. And I think the American church is prone to this one thing, to sit and get. Like it's just something innate about us that we, we feel like, hey, we should be in church. Yes, we should hear some guy talk to us. Like that's something we should do. But to take it to the next step and to practically apply is what James is saying. He goes, because you can't merely be hearers and not active in doing. And so he says, don't deceive yourselves. Then he goes on, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like. When he says looks there, he uses the word paracupto, which really means to stoop down. It's the idea of leaning in. So it says you look intently at your life. It's not, it's not very easy for you to walk away and forget because if you paracupto, you lean in to the moment and you look intently in the mirror, it's not easy for you just to pass it by. Matter of fact, to, to look intently means that you are not only attentive, but you take it all in. It, it, if, if you're like me and you get up in the morning and you realize I'm getting a little older as you take it all in, you're like, oh my gosh, there's another wrinkle. I got hair growing out of every area of my face, right? Like you take it all in and you just realize like, man, I'm getting old. And there's a lot of you that you're like, trust me, you're not old. And I, I understand but when you look intently at your faith, you don't easily forget what God's doing. And he goes on in verse 25, he says, but, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And the idea here is the one who continues is blessed in his doing. The one who has an active faith is blessed. And friends, that's what we want to encourage as we move into this season together. A fall, a busy season, lots of ministry things happening, um, lots of fantastic things happening in the life of our church, kids going back to school. We want to have an active faith. We want to have a participatory faith, one that's working, one that's attentive, one that's abiding with the Lord. And today, I just ask that as we begin our time together, that you would take a couple of minutes and ask this question. Lord, where am I? And then ask question two, Lord, where do you want me to be? Like, where am I right now? And you know in the subtle place of your heart where you are. And then there's something innate in you too. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know there's a place where you should be. And then between where you are and where you should be, that's where we ask for the Lord's help. It's where we ask for the Lord's wisdom. It's, ask, it's there where we ask for the Lord to bring about repentance in us in some cases. For some of us, it's wisdom. For some of us, it's strength. For some of us, it's, it's fortitude. For some of us in here, um, we, we just know that, hey, we're, we're running and we need to turn back. I don't know where you are. You do. The Lord does. 
And I would just pray that in the next couple of minutes that you would follow these prayer prompts right there in your seat as if no one else was there, just you and the Lord. Just pray through these three things that we put up on the screen for you. After a few minutes of praying, uh, our team will lead us in worship in which we will stand and we'll sing and we'll respond to what the Lord is doing in our, in our lives in this moment. And so take a few moments and just pray through these prayer prompts right there in your seat. For my waking death, for my daily death, I 
to have a seat in this moment if you'd like. James chapter 2 is a very practical passage um, in which James asks a question. He goes, hey, what, what good is it if you have a faith but don't have works? 
and the really the, the answer is is it's no good. It's a dead faith. And and in James chapter two, what you see very clearly is that James is talking about a handful of people. There's there's the person who has a dead faith, and the dead faith means that it's just it's kind of an intellectual thing. It's a decision you make in your mind. There's either not a God or there is a God. But then there's another faith that also is very dangerous, which we would call a demonic faith. A demonic faith is the one that actually the demons have, and even I would say Satan himself has. Satan has no problem believing that there is a God because he knows that he has a real adversary in God. He knows it is God's authority that he usurped in, uh, before heavens and earth ever became what they were. So Satan and his cronies have no problem saying, oh, there's a God, but yet they do not believe. And in their disbelief, they are also disobedient. And so I would presume to believe that there are many that could have a dead faith or even a demonic faith. But what we desire and what the Bible teaches is a saving faith. A saving faith is when we realize that in our humanity that we are sinful, certainly wretched, but that there's a God in heaven who loved us. And no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, and no matter what's been done to us, there's a God who sent his son in loving kindness to die on a cross in our place. And that because of his death, if we would look to him high and lifted up, John chapter three, we could have salvation. And in that salvation, we not merely have a faith that is dead or demonic, but we have a saving faith that moves us, friends, to good works. So we don't do good works to have merit or standing with God. We do good works because God's spirit lives in us. And as a result, we overflow into others. And so James gives us the practical application of a faith that is working. And in James chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Hey, what if you see a brother or sister who's poorly clothed and they're lacking daily food? And what if one of, them, one of you says to them, Hey, go in peace and be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So for the believer in Christ, it's not wise for us to see needs and not meet them. James would say that's a problematic faith. And friends, we live in a culture that's fast-paced, that's furious, that hardly has the time to slow down, I probably am as guilty as any of them. Like, you ever feel like sometimes people inconvenience you? Like you got so much to get done and somebody stops by your office, they knock on your door, they want to sit down and visit, and in your mind you're like, I got no time for this. And yet it is in those moments that we have an opportunity to see what God sees. As we're driving to work or to school, we have an opportunity to see what God sees. When we're at schools with our kiddos or we're in the community and event, we have a chance to slow down and see what God sees and then to respond with an active working faith. In this next few moments, what I would encourage you to do most is ask this question. God, will you give me eyes to see the things you see? And then would you give me courage to respond in ways that bless your holy name and that make you famous throughout the earth? Friends, that's really the goal of our gathering this morning. God, would you teach us to 
to see what you see. God, would you teach us to respond to the things that you've called us to? God, would you help us to realize that this is not our home, but that we have a home waiting in the heavens for us, a glorious gathering place. Lord, until then, would you help us to be your servants? God, would you help us to be your people? God, would you help us to not be as soldiers getting entangled in civilian affairs? But Lord, would you help us to know that we're here to serve you. We're your ambassadors. We are your hands and feet. We are your hope in a dying generation. We are your purpose, your peace, your plan to an earth who needs to know the name of Jesus. God, would you help us to have eyes to see? And would you help us to have a faith that is working? What I want you to do in this next prayer prompt is not only pray through this, but I'm gonna ask that you would have the courage together with one other person nearby and that you would pray through this with them. Take a few moments now and pray that we would have a working faith.
so in these few moments, we've been singing and praising God. But it's interesting because James says that that'll happen. But in James chapter 3, he also gives a warning that when you praise God, that you're careful not to curse men with the same mouth. Matter of fact, this is exactly what he says. James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. He says, with it, meaning our mouth, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, and which he says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That if you want to know where you are in the condition of your heart, which was a question earlier, where are you and where does God want to be? If you want you to be, if you, if you want to know where you are right now, you can look back over the course of the last couple of weeks and just ask, Lord, where has my mouth got me in trouble? Uh, when have I praised you on Sunday and cursed you or other people on Monday? God, where have I been prone to gossip? Where have I been prone to get sucked into conversations at work that weren't honoring? When, when have I been prone to you know, say some jokes that were crude? When have I been prone to say something about my spouse when they weren't near? When have I been prone to to belittle my children or in many ways to demean them or crush their spirit. Like, Lord, where is my tongue got me in trouble? And this next section, the question that you ask is, Lord, how am I praising you and cursing men at the same time? Lord, where do I need to be refined? And, and Lord, would you do a work in me? And so would you take a few moments and just pray that the Lord would refine our mouths, these small objects that can do a great deal of damage. Let's pray now.
James chapter 4, James gives a warning about our, our planning. He says this in James chapter 4, verses 13 and following. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go into such and such town and spend a year there or trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And then that's where he says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, We will live or we'll do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. What James says, he goes, listen, it is a problem in the finite nature of mankind to believe that you and I know the day or the hour of our lives end. It's also foolish to presume that we can make plans about what we're going to do next week or next year or a few years as it relates to our business or it relates to our family because the Lord is the only one that knows the day and the hour of our own life. As a result of that, he just says, listen, we ought to have a different posture about our hearts. And the posture should say, Lord, it would be awesome if I could do this. It'd be awesome if you were in this, but Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And Lord, like, my life is yours, and it's in your hand. And so, Lord, would you help me with whatever time I have here on earth to make much of you and to make sure my business is surrounded about your purposes, that our family reflects your values, that my life honors you. And Lord, I just want to be your servant. That's a different heart, right? And so as we kind of conclude this time, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you have family that's nearby, I'm going to ask that you would gather with your family and you know if you've been leading your family well with the time that you've had. You know if, if right now your family is heading towards your own hopes and dreams and values as opposed to the things that are centered on God. And this is an opportunity for you together with your family and ask God for direction and wisdom. Perhaps maybe it's a chance for you to ask for forgiveness for ways that y'all have veered off course. I know my family is prone to veer off course. That uh, we, we can oftentimes miss the mark. Maybe you're here and like, well, I don't have any family. Well, it's a great opportunity for you to gather with a friend or two. And if you're here and you're by yourself and you have no one to pray with, then would you come pray with me? I'm going to be right down here. I would love to pray with you. And I would love just to align our hearts to ask God to give us his wisdom as we live our lives. Here's the last prayer prompts that you'll have on screen today. And so you take a few moments and pray through those with people that are nearby you, with your family, or perhaps with me. Let's pray.
In James chapter five, verses 13 and following, uh, we covered this passage last weekend, if you were here. It says, is anyone among you suffering? And then he says, let him pray. That's why we're doing this. We're here to pray. If anyone's cheerful, hey, let him sing praise, which is why we're doing this. Is anyone among you sick? Hey, well, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. <clears throat> pray for one another that you might be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. As we conclude our prayer time, I want to do something that's going to stretch us a little bit as a church. Uh, it's going to stretch us because one, uh, we're encouraged to live in a lie. And sometimes we would rather people not know what we're dealing with. But the only way we can respond is to know. And the other reason it's going to stretch us as a church is in this last prayer prompt, you're, you're not going to just pray alone. We're going to ask you in a few moments that if you relate to one of the subject areas that we're just asking for prayer around, that you would stand. And then we're going to ask people in our church to pray for you. And here's the deal. If you're a part of our Stone Point family, listen, if there's one thing that should be true about us, and that is that no one ever stands alone. Like, if somebody stands up and needs prayer, please, I beg you, don't let them be alone. And that may, you may be like, I just really don't like to pray out loud. Okay, that's fine. Go and just put your hand upon them and, and pray for them. But as we conclude this portion of our service before we have the Lord's Supper together and then go on our way to have a great week of worship, I want to just perhaps ask you where you are and where you're struggling. I know of people in this room that in the last handful of months have had some very difficult things, some very difficult moments. I know for sure that in this room, there are people who are dealing with the loss of someone they love. And it's been tough. It's been tougher than you would have thought. And really, you know life is fleeting and you would have never thought that it would come as fast as it did, in some ways unexpected. And it causes sometimes grief and then regret and anger and a mixture of these things that put you on a roller coaster. And you just, in some ways, goes, if I could just have a few more meaningful conversations, if I could just say a few more things. But maybe you're here and you go, look, I'm struggling with someone that I've lost. And it might not have been in the last few months. It could have been in the last few years. But if that's you, would you stand right where you are so that we could just pray for you in this season? Now, there's a lot of you men in here that you've spent a lot of time with me on Wednesday mornings for the last while. We would call you a burden bearer. Burden bearers, this is an opportunity for you to go and pray with someone. Listen, you don't have to be a burden bearer to bear burdens. So here's what I ask for the next 60 seconds. If you would look around you and, and you can go pray with someone, I encourage you to put your hand around their neck, hug on them, and just pray with them that God would comfort them in their time of need. Make sure that they know that you're right there. You've got 60 seconds. Let's go.
I would presume to believe that in this room too, um, that as a result of even what we just talked about, that there may be a handful of other people that maybe because of the loss of someone you love and maybe for unrelated reasons that you would just say, I feel isolated and I feel alone. That in a lot of ways you feel that you're left to yourself, that there's no one who really knows you in this season. Um, And as a result of just feeling loneliness, there's a lot of ways that you would say, "I'm, I'm also just somewhat depressed and like there's anxiousness if you are in this room and you would say, I, I feel lonely, I feel afraid, I feel like I live a life of fear, I feel like I'm always anxious, I feel like I'm always worried, uh, I'm just going to ask that you would stand right where you are. It could be anxiousness, loneliness, struggling to get out of the bed in the mornings, depression, any of those things. Like if that's you, you'd go, like I fit into that category in some way. Lonely, afraid fearful, worried, I would just encourage you to stand so that we could pray for you. As friends are praying there in the next few moments, I want to just ask you this. Maybe you're in this room and right now you're struggling because you have recently either been diagnosed with something or maybe you're looking down a very daunting path or maybe you're coming to the realization that life is getting shorter. And as a result of that, like you look in the mirror and you wonder like, Lord, how many more days do I have? Maybe your days are difficult because with age, like things become progressively harder to do. And and it's frustrating and it's maddening because you can't do what you used to do. And as a result of that, you just, you find yourself that you're looking down in some ways, a, a tunnel of frustration, but you just say like, I, I need the Lord's help the Lord's help for comfort and strength, for perseverance. But if you're in this room and you, like you would say, I, I, my, my body is facing difficult days and I, I need the Lord's strength to finish my race well, would you stand? Friends, would you just make sure that these friends of ours are not standing alone? Would you take a few moments and go and draw near to them and just pray that they would persevere, the Lord would give them strength in a difficult season?
Maybe you're in this room and, and you know that your faith is not active and it's not working. And you would just say, look, I know I'm not where I need to be. Then in some ways you have a wandering heart. And, and it's either that you're not on the path that you should be or you know where you should be and you're struggling to return there. But if you're here and you would just say, look, I know that I'm not doing what the Lord wants me to do. I'm not where he wants me to be. I'm not actively pursuing him the way I should. Would you stand so that we could just pray for you? Real quickly, we're gonna conclude this section. If you haven't taken a time, listen, look, look at me right here. Listen, if you have not gotten up out of your seats to go pray for someone, I'm gonna ask that you would consider doing that now. Like that's an act of faith. Like this is how we respond. It's an opportunity now, like even if it's 10 of us, like what a great chance for you to walk out of here and know like I was active, I was participated in praying for someone else. This is a chance to go now and pray for one of these people before we take communion together. Let's do that now. Father, your name is great and greatly to be praised. And Lord, this morning, I just pray for my friends in this room that, Lord, that you would help us to have a faith that is active and that is working. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't merely be those who sit, but, Lord, that we would be those who go. And I pray, Lord, that we would be the church actively engaged with people around us. Lord, willingly confessing where we've missed the mark and asking for your Spirit's help. 
Lord, would you enable us to be your people? And would you use this time to encourage and strengthen our faith in you? Lord, would you use this time to encourage us to be your people? And Lord, to walk out of this place, Lord, not merely changed for a day, but Lord, changed to actively pursue you, to be committed to your desires, to be committed to your plans, your hopes, your desires in our life. Lord, would you help us, God, to to be all that you've called us to be. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you for your son. We thank you, Lord, that his death makes all of our prayers possible. And as we pray this morning, I pray this instance before the throne, that Lord, that it pleases you and that you um, take and you respond, Lord, with your kindness and your graciousness in our lives. As we sing, Lord, I pray you would prepare our hearts, Lord, just for this fact that you have the name above all names. And in that name, there is healing and there is power. And Lord, in that name, there are things that change as a result of the name of Jesus. And so Lord, I pray that today we would ask God you to respond with power and grace and with your your strength, with your righteous right arm, Lord, I pray that you would bring a peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would bring wisdom to those who are stuck, that you would bring healing to those who are struggling physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, Lord, that those who need comfort, I pray you would be near to the brokenhearted, that you would bind up their wounds and that you, Lord, would bring your peace Lord, I pray, Father, that those who feel alone, who are in a dark place, that you would be near to them, that you would illuminate and light their path. Lord, for those who are struggling with death or divorce or the recent loss of something in their life, I pray, God, that you would be a husband to them, that you would be near to them, and that you, Lord, would not forsake them, but that, God, that you would be close. We pray that you, Lord, would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine this morning and that you would change our lives to reflect your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, we're about to conclude our service. And as we do so, we're gonna take communion together. So we're gonna sing one more song together. And as we sing this song, we're gonna encourage you to come and grab the elements, which are a cup of, and, and the bread. As you grab the elements, you can sing and rejoice in Christ and our Savior. You take these elements back to your seat. And just before the conclusion of our service, we're going to take the elements together. And then we're going to go and have a great week of worship. And so as the band sings and as you sing, um, come and grab the elements and then head back to your seat. And then we'll conclude in a few moments. Speak the 
addiction starts to break Every there is hope and there is freedom
when Jesus was reclined with his disciples uh, at the Passover feast, he took the bread. Uh, when he had given it to them, he gave thanks. And then he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And likewise, after they had eaten the bread, Jesus took the cup, which he said, this cup is being poured out for you, and it's the new covenant of my blood. Take and drink in remembrance of Christ. And as was the custom in the Jewish culture, after the Passover, they'd go out and sing. That night, Jesus went with his disciples and he prayed, which is the famous time where he would say, guys, can't y'all just stay awake for what? An hour? Friends, as we conclude our time, my prayer for you and our church is that you would stay awake. Don't fall asleep in this world. Don't be lulled away by the enemy. Don't let your wandering heart, which is prone to leave the God you love, fade into the distance. Lean in. Desire community. Desire more living in the light. Confess sin more often. Pray together more fervently. And remind yourself that our faith is active and it should be working. And that this is not our home, but we are merely prepping for an eternal kingdom. And so may our desires be set on things above. And may we have a great week of worship. And let's conclude with a little bit of singing.